Welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast with Dr. Alistair Bailey, Jeremy Bielas and John Ford. Hello and welcome to the sixth edition of the Life on Time podcast, uh, the Become Inspired podcast with me, John Ford, Dr. Bear and Jeremy Bielas. Jeremy? Jonathan? I'm, I am not going to call you Jez for the whole of this series. So series two, I might start calling you Jez. Is that okay? You, do you know what? I don't care. Call me whatever you like. Current level of fatigue is just whatever. Yeah, that's, I'm week nine <laughs> lockdown. You can call me whatever you like. Uh, don't care. Don't care. Do you know, I've been, I, said to, I said to someone the other day, I've been teaching for about, 15 years total and I've only been called Sir or Mr. Bilas for two and a half of those years because I've worked in schools where it's first name terms for that long so it's really weird actually being called I've not, I've not been called Sir for so long and if I bump into a, an ex-student from my first school which was a long time ago and they call me Sir or Mr. Bilas it's really odd bearing in mind a lot of them are like in their late 20s and stuff now anyway so being called Sir <laughs> but yeah you can call me Jeremy you can call me Jez I don't mind Jonathan I think it's an ongoing joke. Um, anyway, guys, how has your weeks been? It's week eight or nine, I think, of the lockdown. And yeah, I've, I don't know, I've quite enjoyed it. I think this week's been all right for me. Um, can't think of anything that's really bad happening. It's always great, isn't it, uh, Dr. Bear, when you've had a really bad week and someone says, do you know what? I, I've had such yeah. a great life's, week. Life's great. I don't think it's been great. No. I don't think it's been great. I just don't think you it's been... Seem, it, it might have been slightly easier than the week before. You, you seem quite... Well, he seems quite chipper, Dr. Bear, doesn't he, John, today? He does, yeah. Annoyingly so. Perky. Sorry. <laughs> perky. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. I've just had an argument with the kids because I just... Uh, I've downloaded an app called Family Link. Uh, basically, you can monitor and bar, bar your kids from using their laptops. So it's got like a screen time on it. So I decided to set that up yesterday. And I've already, by six o'clock, I'd already extended it by um, after dinner. Decided that she wanted uh, an extra half an hour. I said no. Louise said yes. So yeah, obviously. But other than that, it's been it's been all right. Well, this is uh, this is part of this whole process, isn't it? As families being stuck together for this long, and that's yeah. uh, you're not quite yet there yet, Doctor Bear, where the kids are really playing mummy and daddy off against each other. But oh, I don't know, mate. Oh, really? I think, I think he, actually, yeah. I mean, I've got like, for those who don't know. Obviously, I've got a two and a half year old who's going on must be going on fifteen. So if she, if she gets a no from one of us, she goes straight to the other one. Oh, she yeah, is. Yeah. In. Oh, she um, and she knows and she knows what she can get from each of us. So she knows each of our sort of weak points. Um, are you two? Learning, are you two learning to be a little manipulator? Are you both a soft? <laughs> you've got you've got girls. I've got two boys. Are you soft? Are you soft daddies? Does mummy normally say no and then they go to daddy? Uh, no, no, I, I think know. I'm hard. I think I'm, Louise is the soft one. I think it depends. I, I think it depends on what it is, and I think it definitely depends on my mood. So, like this week's been harder, and I've noticed I've been far more strict, and I felt I've then felt pretty rubbish about that. Um, so at the moment, dealing with uh, every evening after you know doing my NHS stuff, doing private stuff, finally getting to sit down, and uh, Evie decides to take her nappy off and wee everywhere. 
So she's at the top of the house, <laughs> charging up two flights of stairs. As soon as you see this nappy flung off on the camera. <laughs> Uh, and she she's now going to sleep later than we are. A nightmare. And then gets up at and then then gets up at half five. So I think you know, uh, it's sort of my 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 fuse is getting a little bit shorter. Oh, uh, we seem to have lost Jeremy Belas very 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 slowly. I think the apps decided that. Jez oh no, you're too... back. You're back. Or is oh. Jez, it's just Jez too loud. That was weird, wasn't it? I'm back in. I'm back in. That was yeah. weird. We're back in the room. That's the first. Do you think? Do you think you're head, error. I think the headphones have overloaded with how loudly you talk, Jazz. Do you think <laughs> the pod cave isn't working? I'm trying to soften no. the sounds. I was just saying we had a we had a. I know this isn't really supposed to be the theme of the, uh, this episode, but we had a deal breaker disaster yesterday where Ethan smashed his iPad by accident, inverted commas, but he yeah. fell on it smash the screen so we're an ipad down so that has been that that is the say that is what has got me through lockdown is go and get on the the tablet and you know yeah, leave, yeah. leave that and now we're in we're an ipad he just said to me you get me another one no i can't get just get you another one no. <laughs> <laughs> daddy's a teacher daddy does not earn much money <laughs> so yeah that's not good yeah I mean, I think he needs some resilience though there, doesn't he, Jez, to be fair? Oh, yeah. Well played. I think, I think, I think Jez needs some resilience. Mm. Yeah. How can I... So, Someone so can... get resilience, please. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Amazon. <laughs> what, resilience from Amazon? Yeah, they must yeah. sell it. They sell everything. They must, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, so today, guys, we are going to be talking about resilience. And in all seriousness, we do have a special guest on later who is a specialist in teaching resilience. He teaches resilience to or uh, lectures and coaches resilience to government officials fairly high up. Um, He's going to come on later with four uh, tips uh, to try and help our kids build resilience. But to start off with, really, we're just going to have a general chit chat about it. Um, Obviously, Dr. Bear knows a bit more about probably resilience and what it's about than me and Jez do. But, I don't um, know about that. Yeah. No, I'm not sure either. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you want to I've got some stuff lined up here for you. Yeah. Oh, you mean researching? Well, do you want me to... but yeah, is it... That'd be a great one it... week if you just come in with loads of stuff. <laughs> and humiliate Dr. Me. Jez. Dr. Jez <laughs> has got lots of... <laughs> Prof. Um, Prof. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, resilience... I know this is probably eight, nine weeks in and everybody's maybe getting a bit fed up of, well, actually, I just want to get out of lockdown. Do I really need any of these skills? But actually, resilience, I think if you looked in the dictionary, is about bouncing back, really, and your yeah. ability to to bounce so, back from hardship. So, uh, but handing over to you, Dr. Bear, what, what's, what's in your in your NHS world and uh, psychotherapy and all the stuff that you do, What what is resilience to you? I mean, it's a fair... You know, it sounds like a pretty fluffy term, doesn't it? Sort of resilience could capture loads of stuff and just about nothing. But I think sort of most easily captured by just what you're saying, being able to adapt to kind of really difficult circumstances. Um, And I think that that sort of comes in loads of different form. So it doesn't have to be something that, you know, on an objective scale has to be a sort of terrifying, life-changing awful experience there's kind of a relativity to it so I remember when I was at school I used to when I first went to school I absolutely hated it like it was a proper battle to get me to school when I was 
must have been sort of five years old. And I went because I wanted to be with my sister because she's a bit older and went. But I absolutely hated it. And it was, I found it really, you know, genuinely sort of quite traumatic being sort of separated from my mum, being in this sort of really difficult environment. I kind of, I wasn't particularly sort of socially mature um, and found it really hard to sort of make friends and stuff. And, you know, that for me, although on the grander scheme of things, you know, you wouldn't necessarily say going to school is a particularly traumatic experience. It was actually really difficult and I really struggled to adapt to it. Um, and I think if I compare that to adapting kind of through lots of difficult stuff that I've been through later in life, um, I suppose my own sort of flexibility and the resources that I've got available to me kind of really made the difference. Um, and I suppose there's a bit about resilience. You think the automatic thing is that, you know, it's talked a lot about in terms of like veterans, like military veterans, sort of guys that go through really awful stuff. Uh, and you think, well, it, it kind of then goes hand in hand with not really being sort of scared or upset or distressed or fearful or anything like that. And actually it's really not. <clears throat> it's far more about kind of being in touch with actually what's going on emotionally and being able to tolerate it and not just you, but the system around you being able to tolerate it and support you. So if we're talking about sort of particularly younger children, the sort of family, the sort of teaching group, the sort of peer group as well, being able to help kids kind of contain and manage their own emotions is a really big part of resilience. Um, I don't know if that sort of, you see much of that, Jez. Well, yeah, I mean, cool. That's a tough act to follow, Dr. Bear. Um, I mean, I was going to reference a study by Chumba Wumba. Uh, oh, really? And I believe the conclusion of that study was um, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Um, yep, like yeah. Um, so at, sc <laughs> at school, sorry, am I, am I still loud, John? Always. Quite <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot I can do. I'm going to whisper. Um, it's definitely, resilience is definitely a buzzword in schools. Um, it, it's such, like you were saying, Bear, it's such a sort of all-encompassing thing, isn't it? And I, I, for me, I think of that word as a teacher and as a parent. Um, I, I talk about it first as a teacher. It's so difficult to teach resilience in a school setting. And I think what you were alluding to there really is so much of resilience comes from experience, doesn't it? Um, and experiencing hardships. And actually, personally, I don't think I was particularly resilient as a youngster because I hadn't, I was very lucky growing up in a very middle class family and I hadn't really experienced anything particularly traumatic that I could remember. But as, as life has gone on and, th you know, horrible things happen and, that, you know, that is just life, isn't it? And obviously we all find ourselves now in a, in a tricky situation. Some of us in a, in a much trickier, more difficult situation than others. Um, I find myself being able to cope my, personally with, with, um, with bad situations better. And I think for me, summing it up for me is the ability to turn a negative into a positive. And I'm, I've got pretty good at that. Um, as I've got older, I think that's just something that I always try to be positive as much as possible wherever I can. I, I can't really, I don't like ending a conversation on a negative even. Um, mm. But for kids, you know, we, John, you've done um, some blog posts and some work recently about, and, and the last um, the last pod on PSHE and effective PSHE, resilience comes up all the time in PSHE um, and what it is and how it can be, how it can be, um, 
not taught, but how it can be grown. And I, and I think, yeah, it's, it's a really difficult one. And just going back to what I was saying about being a parent, this is a, I bet this is a, a very common debate that parents have got two boys, very sort of, you know, um, energetic, robust, fighting, jumping on each other now. But when they were younger, I was always really conscious that I didn't, I, the, the term man up is obviously a real interesting term, isn't it? But I always wanted to try and strike that balance between not mollycoddling them so that they developed, so that they developed resilience, but also giving them, giving them that love and care when they needed it. And I think striking that balance right as a, yeah. is really important to help develop effective resilience with children. Yeah, I totally agree, actually. And I think there's something around, um, when we talk about man up, I think it's, I'd say more about like modeling your belief that they can cope with it. So sort of uh, imparting your belief that whatever comes along, they've obviously got you and sort of the, the people that care about them and that if tough stuff comes along or they find it difficult, that actually that they can cope. And I suppose there's a bit of it in us kind of modeling it ourselves that we're um looking after ourselves well we're kind of modeling our own resilience that actually sort of our stuff comes along we can be yeah. upset by it but it doesn't necessarily sort of mean that we're broken it just means that that's the course of life like you know you don't have sort of a default state of emotions we're supposed to experience the whole range of them and especially at a time like this uh you, you can't get away from you can't pretend that everything's all right all the time. You don't have to pretend not to be worried by stuff or be fearful or be kind of um, stressed. And I think the important part is that you, you can experience it and you can express it and then you can move on and you can tolerate it. You can move on to the next bit. So, you know, I've been stressed today. This is how I've managed it. And the next day is going to be better. There's some great... Um sports documentaries on at the moment isn't there that, that people are talking about and the one that i've been watching a bit more closely is the test which is the australian cricket team and when they were at their absolutely lowest ebb um everyone perceived them as cheaters after the steve smith sandpaper on the ball scandal yeah. i don't know whether you guys have watched any of this it's absolutely brilliant I haven't, but I read your blog. I read your blog jez and uh, i read it in your blog and i think i'm going to look at that. well yeah and i think I'm just going to cut in here just to give Jez a well done because uh, Jez's blog got the highest number of hits out of all the blogs today, uh, yesterday. So um, eight. I think he got eight. Thank... Didn't it? <laughs> no, he got two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty, which I think, considering we've only been going for three weeks, I think that's just a well done. So oh, uh, sorry, I've, I've cut in there and given you some. But I, the test is something I'm going to watch. E- even if you're not a cricket fan, the the interesting thing with that, and j- just very quickly because I know we've been talking about this for a while. Justin Langer, who comes in and takes over the team, his key theme is obviously that everyone, like I said, p- perceives them as cheaters. They're the bottom of the bottom. They've gone from being one of the best teams in the world to being, you know, basically everyone's saying they shouldn't be playing cricket anymore. And he just wants good blokes. You know, he, they can all play cricket, and, but, they're, but they're awful. When they first start playing as a team, they're woeful. They're just getting smashed by every team. And it, he just keeps on trying to pick them back up you're good guys pick yourselves up and that it is all resilient and again specific types of resilience but yeah it's it's worth it's definitely worth a watch and you know again often sport is about that isn't it you have to deal with loss as a sports person and it's coping with that loss and coping with that stress and that pressure um that's pretty important 
you see sort of consistent teams that do well and they get given the opportunity to sort of perform and perform badly, but without it being sort of catastrophic effects of them getting dropped. So it's all, it's kind of that, um, it's almost like, you know, sort of family attachment stuff, but you have a sort of secure base where your parents or your coach or whatever the equivalent is, is kind of um, accepting regardless of what happens that, you know, this isn't necessarily about you being kind of completely rubbish, but you can, you can make mistakes. You can have accidents. You can like, things can go wrong and they'll still be there. They'll still care kind of still be invested in you and your life. And I think that sort of crosses the bounds between sort of sporting and parenting. And Yeah, I think there's definitely different, different, well. definite similarities between uh, between the two. I mean, I think there's a lot of, I mean, listening to the news, uh, Louise, my wife's going back to school. Uh, she's a TA and she's going back on, being told she's going back on the first. And I think this is where, you know, we've all, we've all probably lived in fairly middle-class backgrounds, but the reason why some of these kids are going back is because they might have a, they live in a more of a deprived area. Um, and I think maybe they don't have the opportunity for sport. And I think that's where I look at where I've been really fortunate is that sport can breed the resilience. You know, they can, t- sport teaches you resilience, I think. Um, and if you're not, don't have that opportunity, where else can you get it from? And I think the only opportunity you get is probably at school if your parents aren't teaching it. Um, Interestingly, John, on, on that, there's um, the Youth Sports Trust have started putting quite a lot of things out there. And one of the things they're worried about is the lack of sport and physical activity in households, potentially at the moment, is not only leading to a drop in physical health, but like you were just saying, a lack of opportunity to develop those mental capacities like resilience, cooperation, yeah, competition, exactly. all that good stuff that they get from sport and physical activity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, some interesting stuff out there that they're putting out at the moment on that. Yeah, I mean, we've got Ian going to be coming in in a minute, Ian Rennie, uh, from uh, a company that coaches in the government. Um, he's going to be be more specific, I think, on how he coaches people. Bear, have you got anything else you want to sort of throw out to any of our listeners who've got, uh, who are teachers or at school? Um, on resilience and how maybe, I mean, I think you've said quite a bit. I I suppose, I suppose, you know, with, with so much going on and changing in kind of the outside world, if you can establish sonic consistency where possible, and even, you know, we talked about it before in terms of routine, kind of, you know, where you work, eat, sleep, kind of doing stuff like that, when people go to bed, I think those are really important bits. Um, I think also it's kind of, it's easy to get drawn into thinking about the stuff that goes wrong. And I think it's really important to, you know, sort of highlight the stuff that actually goes really well and I think as sort of humans we're, we're quite sort of threat based so we look for opportunities to think of like the worst case scenario in order to sort of prevent us from experiencing it again in whatever sort of pain that comes in um, but I think being able to sort of highlight actually uh, even if it's stuff that hasn't gone well but you have coped with I think that's the stuff to sort of highlight that I think is really important that I think we you know we don't we don't get a lesson in that no. really um I think really important. Cool. Jez, before we have well, Mr. Ian uh, Rennie coming on. Do you want me to finish on another Chumbawamba quote or are you Chumbawamba quote? Did you not do you not listen to my Chumbawamba? You won't listen to me. I, th- I, th- I think he switched. Oh, did he? Okay. No, I think for me, my, yeah. for me, my little nugget on top of and obviously nowhere near as um scientifically back to spare is I think people need to get comfortable being uncomfortable to a point. something we yeah. often really promote in schools challenge yourself that doesn't have to be physical 
But challenge, if you challenge yourself in some way daily, then you are going to develop resilience. And that could be, you know, it could be physical, push yourself in a run. It could be mental by, you know, um, reading an extra page of a book or pushing yourself a little bit harder on some homework that's been set for you or whatever it is. But I think if you get comfortable with that challenge and that and being uncomfortable, then you're going to develop resilience. That's awesome. That's I think awesome. there's some, there's just going to say there's like an easy comparison to make with like the immune system. So if you lived in a completely protected bubble, like your, your immune system wouldn't develop as well as um, if you were sort of in that same way, kind of experiencing stress, experiencing discomfort and learning to adjust to it. And that's not saying kind of what well, bad stuff makes it easier because if you're completely flooded with it, then you'd be overwhelmed. But like Jez is saying, sort of sitting just outside of your comfort zone without feeling kind of overwhelmed, I think is really the key to sort of developing it in the longer term. Yeah, I think um, that sounds that sounds really good advice, guys. Um, thanks for that. Uh, I think it's been really interesting. Uh, I love talking to you guys. I'm actually genuinely, genuinely enjoy these chats. Um, I think I'm getting actually more out of it than uh, maybe some of our listeners all <laughs> so uh yeah we've got ian coming on so thanks guys and i'll see you next week see you later all right see you bye and up next we have ian rennie from people team and change solutions he's going to be giving us some helpful tips on how to build resilience Hi, and we've got Ian Rennie here, uh, hopefully going to help us with some building some resilience for our listeners. Um, Ian is from a company called PTCS. Uh, he works with government officials, and we think he's the ideal candidate to try and help some of our listeners build some resilience in these tough times. So, Ian, hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, John. How are you? Yes, yes. Very good. Um, coming out of lockdown very slowly aren't we so hopefully things are going to start improving for everybody um we felt that we've just been talking and obviously resilience at this moment in time is is a key skill we like to call it a skill because i think everybody can sort of learn a bit of resilience or has it in them um and yeah but we know you currently work with some sort of quite important people within government on resilience um and we just thought you might have some tips for for us um I mean, to start off with, do you want to just do an intro into what do you do and your company? Yeah, well, the, the company um, is involved in all sorts of consultancy, training and coaching, John. Um, uh, most relevant to this conversation, I guess, is the, the, the sort of stuff I do around training and coaching. So we work for uh, the UK government in a number of areas and indeed for other customers, um, both uh, domestically and internationally. Um, the work we do in this particular area can be based on an organizational need, uh, a need for an organization to develop resilience, or it can be about a, a team needing to develop its resilience, um, or it might be about helping individuals. And I guess for this conversation, I'll probably concentrate on the help we provide to individuals. Um, a lot of the customers that I look after, John, they're, they're, uh, they're government employees, um, but they're working in an international context, so they may be uh, deployed overseas or they may be dealing with international policy challenges. Um, and uh, these customers uh, are often dealing with the most difficult portfolio. They're dealing with um, 
they're perhaps dealing with organised crime, they're dealing with kidnapping, they're dealing with conflict situations, they're dealing with people that have been impacted by national disasters. Um, and so, um, and also they work in very difficult circumstances. When, when posted overseas, some of them are working in extreme climates, either very hot or very cold, or they're working in environments where there's high pollution or where perhaps they can't expect the sort of safety uh, safe environment that we take for granted perhaps here in the United Kingdom. So, so that's the sort of customer that I'm dealing with when I'm speaking about uh, resilience and, and the development of resilience. And what do you think, you know, resilience can be uh, defined as quite a few different things in your, in your mind, obviously, when you're speaking to people, what, what is resilience to you? What, what, what do you define it as? Well, you know, a dictionary definition would give you something about the ability of a substance to spring back into shape. It's, you know, a, a dictionary definition will probably speak about elasticity. Um, uh, being a football fan, uh, as indeed are you, John, I know, um, I, I like Ian Dowie's bounce back ability. Um, Ian Dowie, cool. We're going back a few we years. We are. There. I think we're going back to the 2003 four. <laughs> There's one for our younger listeners to, uh, to go and look up. And um, for those that don't know, Ian Dowie was the uh, was the manager of Crystal Palace at the time, um, and they uh, went after a, a, a tough start to the season. They wanted a remarkable run, and he was the first person. He's the first person credited with um, describing this bounce back ability. And for me, that's what resilience is, John. It's this elasticity. Um, it is the ability to spring back into shape um, given uh, a challenge, given adverse circumstances, um, uh, given a degree of discomfort. That's what it is. It's about the ability to spring back. And we need that now, don't we? More than ever. I mean, I've just been having different meetings and, uh, you know, talking about businesses and, you know, the economy, uh, obviously that, you know, we're going to need that in the economy. But when we're actually looking at maybe young people in particular, or even family members, um, we need that type of resilience now, don't we? Because I think on a, almost on a weekly basis, uh, new news is coming out that might challenge us or, you know, we've just heard that, you know, schools potentially are going to be going back. So, Resilience is something that we really need now. What, um, what, why do you think people need these type of skills, and and how can people benefit from having them? Well, right now, John, that you know there are there are a number of challenges that people are facing, as you, as you point out, there are economic challenges that people are facing, um, uh, socio cultural challenge um, as people perhaps are in closer proximity for more time than they would typically be with uh, with with their family unit. There are environmental challenges around being confined, perhaps geographically confined. So all of these are giving people um, a, a, a real challenge and, and you describe uh, resilience as a skill. And I think that's important to, to, to consider here. Um, in this circumstance, when we're talking about resilience, uh, we all have a level of resilience. We're dealt with a level of resilience, um, but it is a skill, John, and it is something that, um, in these sort of circumstances needs to be nurtured, needs to be thought about um, and uh, needs to be concentrated on. Our 
level of resilience can be managed. We can do things that will either erode our resilience or we can do things that will grow our resilience. So it is a skill and these skills can be learned with a little bit of careful thought, with a little bit of consciousness about, um, about one's own resilience. I mean, that's, that's good to know. I mean, we've, we've done some previous podcasts on mindfulness um, and different types of things. And what's so good about this is like positive psychology is the fact that these things can be learned. It's not like you're born with uh, a set amount of resilience. It's, it's actually a skill that somebody can learn. So if somebody's feeling particularly uh, down, uh, they might feel like they have no resilience. I think this is obviously quite a, a key thing that they can actually gradually learn and nurture resilience and I think for our listeners and uh, we've got teachers probably listening that the, the kids are going to be coming back to school um, or some of the kids might not be coming back to school uh, the teachers are going to be going back to school and they're going to have to you know be strong I suppose and be a good role model what are your sort of three maybe I don't know how many tips you've got but to give to teachers maybe uh, that maybe they could give not only to the themselves but uh, their family members and their children um you know what what are the sort of the tips and those to build those skills or that repertoire of skills john if i'm speaking to somebody about resilience there are probably four areas that i will concentrate on um as i'm having a chat with them now everybody's circumstances are unique of course um and so um the conversations we have around these four four areas will differ depending on on the individual's needs, the individual's condition, uh, the environment they're in. If I summarise the four areas that I typically will have a conversation about, John, one of them is about lifestyle. It is about um, it is about how we are managing our life. It is about thinking uh, about uh, opportunities for relaxation. It is about leveraging the things that uh, that we enjoy, our hobbies, our interests. It's about perhaps spending time with family. There are many things there around uh, around lifestyle that might be considered. And is that because? And is that mainly because? I guess that builds energy. I suppose if you're if you're looking after yourself um, and you're looking after your lifestyle, then obviously you're going to have more energy. To I think that's really important, John. It is about, um, it's about balance. Um, we do have to concentrate on some of the uh, tougher challenges that we're facing um, uh, at any time in, in, in our lives. Um, but it is about providing a little bit of context to that and remembering that it is not everything about somebody's lifestyle. And so so that's the first conversation I'll have. One of the important things perhaps around lifestyle is the idea of goal setting as well. This is absolutely crucial. Um, uh, Very often people uh, are very much in the moment when they are struggling. Um, And so it's really encouraging people to look forward to the next step and the next stage. So goal setting is a very important consideration when I'm talking to somebody about the sort of lifestyle um, that they have now uh, and methods for uh, methods for changing it. Okay, I mean, goal setting is obviously one of our key things. So uh, that, that's interesting. So. Okay, so you talk about lifestyle. So setting, lifestyle is lifestyle uh, is the first area, and there there are we've mentioned a few, but there are many areas we can discuss around that. The second area, John, yeah. is around physical health. 
too often people are um, not taking sufficient care of their own physical health. And if, if you're striving to develop, further develop your resilience, then there are some things that ne you need to pay attention to. Um, uh, sleep would be one of them, for example. A reasonable level of activity would be another. Um, and um, your fuel, what you put in, John, um, it makes a big difference. The, uh, you know, ha having a healthy diet, um, uh, everything in moderation, these are really, really important. I learned a salutary lesson, John, when I was dealing with um, a particular set of challenges about five years ago. Um, I've uh, researched this area. I know about resilience. But even so, I found that um, the toll that it was taking on me at that time had a direct impact on my physical health. Uh, immune system reduced, um, becoming ill more frequently than, than I should have been. And so concentration on physical health is really, really important okay i mean yeah i mean i think it's a uh, resilience almost it's, it's it's a it's a word that covers almost all of your psychology or all of your you know it can cover every part of you can't it i think it's to be resilient you almost have to be on top of quite a lot of things you do and and uh, once again i spoke about balance in terms of uh, life balance earlier on but um uh, when I speak to people, I'm, I'm talking about balancing these four characteristics, the one around lifestyle, one around physical health. The next one is about break, is about giving yourself a break. Now, we can look at that in two ways, John. Okay. Um, we can look at sort of reward systems, as in giving yourself a break, giving yourself a reward, having a change of scenery, uh, taking a break, um, uh, even a short holiday, time away from an issue. But the other area around giving yourself a break is, you know, it's OK not to be perfect. And in fact, give yourself a break by forgiving yourself for not being that perfect individual. So, the th so it's part it of is John. Almost, it is John. It's yeah. accepting that, you know, there, there are some terrifying role models out there now on social media. Um, and give yourself a break by realising that probably those role models you're not seeing the whole story and anyway there is no expectation that you are the perfect person in every circumstance so that's the third area that i would concentrate on this idea of giving yourself a break yeah i think that's i mean yeah i mean i think like you say young people social media you look at other people's lives you think that that's you know they're perfect they're you know they do everything right and actually you're not you're not you're only seeing 10 percent of their life aren't you not even that probably um so yeah i, I completely get that the fourth the fourth and, area and the fourth the fourth area What's john fourth? um you probably anticipated this already um but it is about the support network so um it is about leveraging the support network that is available to you so it is about friends it is about family it is about um it is about the school structure or the work structure, it is about one's peers. It's also, John, about the specialists that we can tap into. There is a lot of uh, support out there. Um, we can speak to professionals from GP to, uh, to those that are, are working in the area of mental health. Um, so tapping into, allowing yourself to tap into that support network is very, very important. 
And I think that's something that people don't, they see that as a weakness. And I think people don't do that. And that is one of the, the major issues is that, you know, people feel like they've got to be, they've got to be sick or have physical sickness uh, or, you know, really re- be at a real low before they even go towards any help. And I think that's one of the key things that we're trying to do is that actually it's okay to not be okay. Um, and it's use, use what is out there. I mean, I think, there's one thing out there at the moment, the news has just come out with that um, A&E is down by, you know, 55% because people haven't been going because, you know, they're almost scared of going, which there's an obvious reason for that. But I think people um, genuinely need to need to use. They do, John. There, there are two ways we can overcome that um, reluctance to tap into those networks, I think. One way is to give people permission, give people permission to um, uh to reach out to that network, um, let people understand that they don't have to be perfect and that it's okay sometimes to need some support. But there's another important thing that could be done here, John. Um, and the other important thing is to understand that we are also part of that network. So the individual that's feeling low, that's feeling challenged, that's having difficulty, um, they also have a productive role to play. And very often um, it can be a a leverage, a a lever for developing one's own resilience, offering oneself as part of that support network. Yeah, actually rewarding in itself and can give give yourself a a boost. Yeah, I mean, I think think lots of people actually want positive thing that's come out of the current uh, crisis that we're in is actually being out there and able to help other people actually is a way of actually making yourself feel quite good um, or give yourself a bit of a change and a bit of a break by you know, John it's particularly important else. at the moment because um, um, uh, you probably saw in the news today the charity Young Minds um, has undertaken a survey and they've identified that a large percentage of under 18s are struggling to access the professional services that would normally be available. And so um, I think everybody has a responsibility in in the short and medium term as we're dealing with this COVID-19 situation to recognise that they are part of the support network. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Young Minds is is hopefully somebody actually we might actually get on the the show at some point. Um, Great charity. uh, And, you know, they're, they're out there for the sort of the, the key people that we're that we're looking to try and help. Um, but that's great. Um, so, Ian, um, four fantastic tips there, um, and each one I think we could do our, our own podcast on. Uh, I mean, just to recap, so the, the see if I can remember. The, so the first one is lifestyle, which is something that we're we're heavily into. So that's something that we try and help people with. Um, second one is physical physical health um third one is take a break um and accept i think a bit of acceptance of you're not perfect and the fourth one is social support and social support and using the the avenues out there so four really good bits of advice for people there uh, i'm hoping that people can maybe take that away they might not be able to do everything straight away but maybe just take one take one bit at a time and try and look at that um and I think the key thing here is it's okay not it's okay to not be okay currently. Um, Dr. Bear was talking about it in one of our previous episodes that actually if you're if you're feeling down right now, if you're not feeling great, then that is completely okay because 
um, we're in current circumstances which are are does don't feel right, don't feel normal. So it's completely normal. And um, I think just talk to people um, is a is a really easy way to and use that social support. Um, even if you might live on your own or you're can't see your family, pick up the phone, speak to somebody. So have you got anything else to add, uh, Ian? Because I think that's uh, been perhaps great, one more great thing, advice. John, which is about tapping into people's creativity. You know, uh, we are gifted with imagination and creativity. Um, sometimes we use that to take a minor thing and exaggerate it and multiply it so that it turns into the biggest problem ever. The alternative approach is to use that creativity, that uh, innovation, that imagination to reframe the challenges we're having, to stop thinking about things as threats and problems, start thinking about them as challenges um, and, uh, and yeah, start setting those goals so that you can see the route forward. Very good. Um, if people want to get more information on this, on resilience, there is going to be an article that we're going to write uh, that will be online. Um, we'll also have details of Ian's uh, business uh, and website. I mean, do you want to just say, uh, if anybody's out there, I don't think you specialise necessarily in schools, but um, do you want to just say what you do? Um, so uh, uh, if you use the search engine of your choice, um, People, Team and Change Solutions Limited. Um, and as I said earlier on, John, we get involved in three levels of, uh, of resilience. It's about developing organisational resilience. It's about developing team resilience. Um, but most of our work is involved in helping individuals. So if anybody wants to chat, get in touch. We'd be more than happy to do so. Brilliant. Okay. I'll, uh, all the details will be on the website. So thanks, Ian. Um, and yeah, maybe get you on for a, another podcast at some point in the future where we can maybe uh, focus down on maybe specific areas. Absolute pleasure, areas. John. So, thank you. Take care. For more help and advice from Life on Time, please visit our website, www.lifeontime.co.uk. There's lots of helpful hints and tips on how to nurture your students' well-being. So please take a look. Thank you.